We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, and as always, I am joined by Sean Siegel, and this is a bonus Q&A non-fantasy football show. Sean mentioned it on the previous one. We hope you're going to listen and have some fun, hear what we have to talk about our our life, I guess, outside of fantasy football, our thoughts on it, and enjoy these ones. So there will be no fantasy football content, really. Well, be, maybe it'll be LinkedIn in some way, Sean, but it's mainly going to be non-fantasy football. We will have our normal content coming out throughout the rest of the week, but hopefully you are going to listen along and find out a little bit about myself, a little bit about Sean, and see what we are going to talk about today. And Sean, it is kind of a travel-related episode that we're going to discuss a little bit today. Um, really enjoyed our first show that we did. We did some of these last year, doing some more now, but I'm looking forward to diving into travel because it is one of the, uh, I think it's one of my my most enjoyable things to do when when time and funds and all things sync up perfectly to allow it. Well, Colin, let's, yeah, let's jump right in and get to this so our first question is what's your favorite part of the world to visit and why Colin? i know that you have come out here to san diego which is just like six hours down the road is it your favorite place in the united states how did that all come to be yeah so it is sean has obviously read the show she'd seen the answer and i think i may have touched on this previously on one of the, the previous kind of episodes like this that we did but sean i don't think i've been in san diego since we started this show um i think i may i may have been out maybe, maybe the first year that we started it but i think uh, if that trip can be made again i'm hoping to make it back possibly next year we the, the link up has to has to occur then at that point and, and we have to meet up really do love san diego i actually uh, got engaged in san diego to my wife and um, the reason that i've ended up going to san diego a couple of times now is when she would have been younger she used to travel to san diego with her parents on their vacations from time to time and she really loved it so then i went with her and then we've gone back a few times and we actually took our daughter there pre-covid so then we haven't got back obviously since that time so um yeah san diego fantastic climate really nice not too kind of 
over densely populated city from the areas that I've got to see anyway. And um, yeah, really just seemed like a, a nice, fantastic place to to visit. They obviously the, when the Chargers were there, it was a bit more fun because it was easier to catch a, an NFL game as well. But um, yeah, that that is kind of the main reasons. But the one downside to it is there's no direct flights from Ireland, so it's always a connecting flight, usually in New York, Boston, or San Francisco. So you're usually looking at say if you go straight to um, San Francisco is probably the most convenient is an 11 hour flight to San Francisco and then a kind of two hour connecting flight, I believe it was. So that's kind of where we're looking at, but I have got to travel to a lot of places. Fortunately, I've got to go to a lot of different places in the States, you know, San Francisco, Las Vegas, um, you know, New York multiple times, lots of different places. I'm lucky enough. I'm going over to the fantasy football expo pretty shortly. So I'm going to get to fly to Washington and then road trip with Zachary Kruger up to Ohio. So I'm going to get to see a lot more of the U.S. in those couple of days. But, um, yeah, San Diego, fantastic. Am I right, Sean, in my, you know, place where I would – I'm kind of – I'm itching to get back now. I'm dreaming to get back. Well, San Diego is fantastic. My brother and sister-in-law live there. I mean, it's got to be one of the most livable places in the world when you talk about having the beach, when you talk about having the climate, being able to do things outside all year long. But – I mean, we have a question here about bucket list and you mentioned San Diego and Colin, you've, you've been there. I don't know if you necessarily have to get back. I mean, I, there are so many cool places in the United States and I'm excited for you to get to do your trip here. Uh, not only coming to the U S but getting to hang out with Zach and you'll see a bunch of other, uh, Rotoviz and other fantasy football people. That'll be super cool. You have on your list here as an honorable mention, Melbourne, Australia, and when we talk about the next places that we want to visit, Australia has always been one of mine. You lived there for almost a year. Should I be, should I have Melbourne and Australia in general as high on my list as I do? I'd love to go to the Australian open, see some tennis there, but then in addition, travel around. I know that Australia is basically a desert, so not that different than Tucson, Arizona, but with, (laughs) you know, some livable places on the coast. And then in many ways, New Zealand is the utopia. I don't know that either place is necessarily looking for uh, people (laughs) to immigrate there, but, but what was your experience and and what's so amazing about Australia? So actually when I finished um, secondary school, um, there was like a massive exodus from my local area to Australia, mainly Perth, but some people to Melbourne. Some of my best friends from school actually went to Australia, you know, when they were like 18, 19 and are now citizens and live there, or married and settled, for example. Um, that was kind of around the time of the, you know, the the bust, I guess we'll say, you know, around 08, 09, that kind of range. But um, so a lot of people were out there and I didn't go there because I was at the time currently going out with my now wife and uh, that's probably the one thing that kept me from going with the friends that went out so it was always something I wanted to do and then before we got married she suggested we go so we went together so it was quite a a cool experience we went we also knew that we were going to come back because we had kind of the wedding planned and things like that so really cool place talking about um, San Diego Melbourne is a very for me, anyway, I guess people maybe will say different based on their experience. A very clean city, very cultured city, lots of stuff to do. Everything is in a quite close proximity. But you mentioned San Diego. There is 
a beach, St Kilda Beach in Melbourne, where you can like you know get a pretty short tram journey. You're right on the beach, then you can get you know within a half an hour you're in the central business district. You know there's so much stuff to do, and the, I find the people very friendly. The weather was fantastic, so a lot of similarities there, I think, and San Diego. You mentioned though the Australian Open. I'm not a huge tennis fan. Like I do follow it at the you know the peak level when the big tournaments are on and things like that. But I was in Australia when the Australian Open was on. I actually got to go and uh, see Andy Murray playing in the Australian Open. So that was a pretty cool experience. Definitely one of those you know bucket list items to to be able to say I've ticked that off. So you mentioned uh, the bucket list element, and before I get to that, I don't know. People may sometimes I don't know if they're watching on YouTube see the backgrounds, but the background that is behind me on this side, there's a picture. That picture is actually of New Zealand, and it's where myself and my wife, when we were in Australia, we did some travel, and then towards the end, we have friends in New Zealand. There's two. I didn't know this until I went to New Zealand. New Zealand has two islands. There's a North Island and a South Island. So we rented a car on the North Island. We traveled all around that island. We then took the boat from, I believe it was Wellington, to the South Island, toured all that as well. Both islands are like completely different in terms of terrain and things like that. And uh, we had some really cool experiences. But on that map, which obviously you can't see on camera, but I have filled in all the roads that we traveled when we were in New Zealand. And I actually gave that to my wife as a wedding present, which I still think is is pretty cool to this day. And it, there's some pictures of the things that we did around it then on it. So if you could only go to one place, we did all that stuff in New Zealand in three weeks. Australia, like you mentioned, is colossal in terms of landmass and the center of it like you said is basically desert so um yeah the cities that people tend to, to visit are sydney which we did a quick stop off and then obviously you have perth and uh, you have melbourne but there's adelaide like there's a lot of cities but the big ones but i really enjoyed uh melbourne but i would say melbourne's kind of like the san diego element more maybe cultured than that then you know sydney's a bit like new york for example <laughs> a lot more helter skelter so um, definitely would recommend though if you only had you know two to three weeks to travel i would say hit new zealand up i think you can get a lot packed in on a, a road trip there yeah i'll definitely have to to do that i'm hoping colin that over the next 20 30 years that despite a lot of the issues that face us as a, a world society that things get better and that travel everywhere becomes a little bit easier obviously a lot of the the tourist travel has been hit hard by the pandemic and hopefully picking up in, in lots of ways since we have the inflation as a result of a variety of factors that's making things tricky for people right now. And one of the kind of interesting elements there, especially if you maybe are a, a freelance writer or someone who can work for anywhere, there are just so many cool places out there in the world where people are doing that. We have some Rotoviz writers who work from a variety of places. And then obviously we have a very international audience for the podcast in part because of all the cool things that you've done as a citizen of Ireland. Anybody who has cool places that they visited or places that they recommend sort of freelance working from or have visited and, and that kind of thing, let us know. We're always excited about that. I'm hoping that things get better, you know, number one and overwhelmingly because it will be better for the citizens of those places. It's not like you hope that things get better 
in this, that, or the other place so you can travel there. <laughs> it's like the people who actually live there, are obviously the big priority, but I just, the, the world is so just immensely and endlessly fascinating. And I've had the good fortune to, you know, read a lot of world literature in college. One of the great things about all the streaming services now is that you can get content from all over the world and you get to see these settings that you never get to see. You get shows from Africa and from South America, and from the Middle East and from Asia. I'd love to, to travel to all of those places. And I mean, I think that people are much more similar than they are different and seeing and getting to experience just the the commonalities and the things that kind of bind us together would be really cool but then also i mean within people being very very similar and having similar values obviously the exact way that you live and the way that some of those things are expressed manifest very very differently and so that's you know the endless nuance and the variety is so cool i would love to to go to india japan china would love to go to russia obviously i mean i've read lots of great russian literature and one of the things that is just so unfortunate for so many people is that they live in a place where they don't have any say over what their country is like and so you have to separate leadership from just the the normal citizenry in so many cases and and hopefully at some point russia will be a place that has the type of literature and art and opera and just all the different types of culture that they have had in the past even though it's been you know a, a rough existence you, you go back through and so much of the literature is based on people trying to resist you know very different things that have happened in the past i would love to visit the middle east i'd love to visit africa i'd love to visit south america uh Travel writer probably isn't exactly one of the things that I would do. We, we have a question about, you know, if you weren't in, in fantasy football, what other career would you have? I don't know if travel writer is exactly the word for it, but I, I would love to, to be able to travel and write. And, you know, again, there's a certain extent of, of that or a certain element of that where you're going to be pretty privileged to be either able to make money from it or have enough uh, sort of saved up so that you can travel and, and do some of those kinds of things. But I, I think the world is so interesting. And, and as somebody who does have aspirations as a novelist, I mean, there's really no limit to the amount that you need to know or that it would be helpful to know and exposure to different places, different people, all of that would be such a positive. And, and the, the limited opportunities I have had to travel and, you know, go to England, go to, some places in Europe have, have just been wonderful experiences. And I'm looking forward to, to more of that in the future if, if things turn out. And, and if they don't, then obviously we all make the best of the other circumstances, which are, which are very good too. But yeah, would love to hear from people where they have been and, and find really cool. Yeah, and you mentioned there, Sean, we'll talk more about the potential careers. But when I was listening to you, we talked about the food element in the last show and you're talking about the travel element here, I think. Traveling the world, being a food critic, is would be a pretty sweet role to have uh, going around, you know, testing, tasting the best foods in the world and, and giving your opinions on it. But 
Uh, my bucket list, Sean, at the moment, somebody did have a when am I going to Lambeau Field question that we'll get to in another show. But yeah, at the moment, Lambeau Field is probably the, the top of that bucket list in terms of somewhere I haven't got to be. Uh, another bucket list item would be to go to a Super Bowl at some time as well. But yeah, Lambeau is, is top off that list. Like I said, I've been fortunate to do a lot of this stuff, but we'll get there at some point. Um, we'll get there. Luckily, though, the uh, the Green Bay Packers are coming to London this year, so that, that made that pretty easy this season for me. Sean, next question is around more kind of extreme activities. Um, have you ever been skydiving or bungee jumping, anything anything like that? No, I, I have not. Um, I have some siblings who have... I'm, I'm mildly afraid of heights. I'm fortunately not you know, terrified, but it, 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 that's, you've got to be very adventurous to, to do a few of those. I'm excited to hear about your bungee jumping experience here in a second. I've climbed to the keyhole at Long's Peak. I decided not to go beyond that <laughs> and at the top of the Empire State Building a couple of times. I had a chance to go to the top of the World Trade Towers before the attacks when they still existed. I've done some whitewater rafting, which, I mean, that's all, I mean, it's not really that extreme unless it's somehow super dangerous, but I mean, that is just an absolute blast. I can't think of too many activities that would be more fun than that. I've jumped off of some very minor cliffs because, I mean, you're jumping into the water. What's the, what's the big deal there, but nothing super harrowing. Hey, I have some cousins who have done some of these things in kind of military endeavors i have a cousin who is a jet pilot they obviously have no trouble with planes and jumping out of planes and flying planes and and all that it it does seem terrifying to me now you have been bungee jumping in new zealand how was was this something where what was this like did you feel like your life was in your hands before that cord kind of hit its full extension and ripped you back up or you're like i think i might have made a mistake I've done a few things uh, at certain points. I mentioned how we kind of went to Australia. Like it was like I always wanted to do it. And I kind of probably thought that ship had sailed and I was going to kind of regret it at some point. But a couple of the decisions that I've made in my life have been like, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Like, you know, certain things. And you can go bungee jumping in Ireland, but you're going to usually, bungee jumping in Ireland is like jumping off a crane tied to a rope. You know, it is a bungee jump, but it's not the same thing. So I when you were going through that list, actually, you mentioned whitewater raft, and that is <clears throat> so much fun to to do. Something that I would recommend to anybody. You mentioned though the cliff jumping; that is something you can do in Ireland, and it is something that I used to do a lot when I was younger. I, I love water um, and jumping into water in particular. But yeah, the the bungee jump. Speaking of water, was off a, a bridge. It is the oldest bungee jump in us in New Zealand. Sorry, apparently, kind of where bungee jumping all kicked off so i this it's a fun i think it's a funny story i I went with my wife we're in queenstown or in new zealand going on a drive as i mentioned we've rented the car we go out in a drive i go out this road and i know this is going to where the bungee jump is but we get there and then i'm like oh look this is in here the bungee jump so i say to my wife we go in and watch some people see how it goes and she's like i know if we go in there you're going to want to do it and i was like no I, i won't do it so anyway we're there and then eventually i say you mind if I do it? So she says, I don't want you to do it. So it gets to the point anyway, where we're sitting in the car 
and she doesn't want me to do it. And then eventually I was like, I, I think I'm going to regret it if I don't do this. So she says, okay, you can do it, but I'm not going to watch you doing it. But then anyway, I go in, I pay the money. I does it, she comes in, she says, you all ready to go? I say, yep. And she's like, basically, I hope everything goes well. She's pretty sure I am going to die. <laughs> She Did you guys take out an extra insurance policy before this? It sounds like not she was not for this, but she was sure that it was the end of the road for me. So you line up, you're waiting to go, and funny enough, when I am ready to jump, I look over and she is standing at the portion where people can watch, and she actually came back to watch me. But the one thing I remember is they tie you know the cards not around your feet, so you have to go and. I remember they do that when you're sitting down and I don't know if the guy was having like a really funny, he thought he was hilarious, but I stood up and he like looked up and was like, Oh, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just make sure you jump out as far as you can. So obviously <laughs> the rope. So at this point then I'm like, maybe I'm going to die here. So if you jump off, there's an option. If you want, they will let you go into the water if you want to go down, you like dunk into the water. But they had asked me all these questions before. And then he said, like, I said, no, I didn't want to go in the water. But then when he says this, he's pretty sure my head is going to hit the water. So I just like, I think it could be the best bungee jump ever. Like I like swan dived out so far. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, I didn't hit the water. But when I was going down, I can only imagine that is what a bug sees when it's about to hit a windshield when you are just careering towards the uh, the water but that was on a bridge over like a kind of a careen which was really really cool and then when you're finished they you bounce up and down a little bit but what they did was they lowered you down into like a little dinghy and then they take you off to the side on the water so it was pretty pretty cool experience but uh one of those things i've done it once you know if it came up again as an opportunity i'd probably do it again but it's kind of i've probably scratched that itch at this point <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The sound is just absolutely amazing. There are obviously all these YouTube videos where people are bungee jumping and skydiving and doing all sorts of intricate maneuvers, twisting and turning and creating different images, almost doing, you know, the, the shadow puppets on the wall type of thing as they're diving out of, out of planes. It sounds like column that you would be just a, the perfect participant for all of these scripted videos of people doing extreme stunts. We'll have to figure out something that we can do. We can set up for you to, I mean, we, we got to, yeah, well, we got to get one of these, you know, 1 million view Rotoviz overtime YouTube videos. And it sounds like our best chance, obviously, is not football, but it's through Colin Kelly diving off of a building and uh, <laughs> completing a, a touchdown pass to Zachary Kruger from the top of, I, I think they got some tall buildings in Abu Dhabi or something like that. We can, we can put the whole thing together and, and you can be Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. <laughs> get us get us all those ratings it sounds like I, sean every answer that i get like this i think it's just your creativity i i can't wait to see these novels when they when they do come out um we'll have we'll have all sorts of things in them but luckily enough we mentioned travel um on the way to australia we did stop off in, in dubai so i can't remember the name of the building sean but um there is I believe still the tallest building in the world is is there um last question uh, a little bit along the same lines have you ever been scuba diving or snorkeling so i'll go first with this one but i used to do scuba diving when i was younger probably in my late teens early 20s and um, haven't done it now in many years just time hasn't allowed it and you know you get out of the habit but i did like some courses and, and how to do it but super cool i would recommend it to anyone it can feel a little bit claustrophobic you know when you're under the water and you have to breathe through the the apparatus i guess but you know when you get the hang of it it is awesome to see the underwater life and you know i, I love fish and things like that so to see those and you know coral and things like that is is quite awesome but coral snook into my head there because i was thinking um again back to australia which was one of the highlights of my life in terms of the six month period but um we snorkeled on the great barrier reef in australia which was a pretty epic uh, experience there as well to to see you know can i guess one of the wonders of the world yeah that's pretty amazing the question really wasn't about scuba diving but we included snorkeling <laughs> that's a that's an easier barrier to hit i have done that and colin it was something i did on a trip to europe at one point and not that i wasn't looking forward to it but it just seemed like kind of one of those things that you do because you can do based on what the itinerary is and you know once you're done you'll just go on to the next thing i was blown away by what it was like i mean i enjoy swimming i enjoy you know going to the beach all those kinds of things but it's not something that you know fires me up like tennis or, or fantasy football or something like that necessarily i just i could not believe it 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 really is like an HD television show, but but you're there and you're swimming and you're doing that kind of thing as opposed to, you know, something that is very 
removed. Couldn't believe the brightness. Couldn't believe the, I mean, you know, all these things are happening in the world. And because we have television, because we have these camera crews going and recording just such amazing footage from all over the place. I mean, but it's still something. And this is one of the reasons it'll be interesting to see what virtual reality is like in the future and how immersive that experience is because you go and you do snorkeling in a place that, you know, does have the clarity of the water, does have all of these bright and, and very, you know, multi-faceted, that's not really the right word, but so many different types of fish. And then, you know, the underwater landscape, it, it was breathtaking. And it was one of the sort of the signature experiences that I've had in terms of any kind of, you know, touristy type of event type of thing that I've ever done. And so, yeah, anybody who gets the opportunity to do something like that, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, the last question, Sean, that does come in and, you know, you mentioned we changed the question to add in snorkeling, you know, we didn't have to reveal that, but uh, <laughs> for anyone out there who's, you know, been in a paddle pool at one point in their life, you know, add in whatever you want to, to feel better there. But the last question, I haven't been given the names to these questions because we've had to shuffle the show sheet a couple of times to, to try and make the themes match. So I haven't, but this one is from John Scully. So thanks, John, for sending this one in. He said, in a, it's a desert island situation and you're only allowed to bring one television series with you. What are you choosing? He has some brackets and why is it arrest of de Arrested Development? People will know that that is one of Sean's favorites. But Sean, it's a desert island situation, but it seems like this desert island is you're on a desert island. We apparently have, you know, HD TV and the ability to, to stream. I don't think you can stream. I mean, you've got you've to gotta have your DVD or VHS tape. VHS tape? Well, you, you took one with you and you got the equipment there. I mean, some of these deserted islands are pretty well kitted out. I mean, you think about Lost and I mean, they had their own bunker and I mean, maybe you need to have film as opposed to, to something else. But yeah, I mean, you can, you can definitely do that. You want to have with you the best television show when you're on this island. And it sounds like you've got one that uh, maybe a little bit out of left field. What, what's, what's the scoop here? <laughs> I think mine's going to be very niche. There will be some people that may have heard of this show. Um, I think it's going to be very, very niche. It's called Father Ted, which is a, an Irish show. It was actually, it ended up being produced by an English TV company because at the time it had been kind of aired a few times on local, you know, Irish terrestrial television, what we would call it. So for people like in the US, there's lots of different channels and, and broadcast companies. In the UK, obviously, the, the BBC is the big one, but there's also other smaller ones. But in Ireland, RTE is kind of the maker of television, I guess. And what does and that the, stand for? Are you going to try and make me speak in Irish? Uh, radio Telefish Erin is what it means. So it's Radio and Television of Ireland. That sounds so cool. Don't let me don't let me interrupt. So, so you're watching this very specific Irish television show as opposed to the BBC. Yeah, so you know, the reason I got into that is that it's a, one of the most famous Irish shows of all time, but it actually got turned down by the Irish channels because Ireland is obviously, it probably still is, but in the past was run kind of by the Catholic Church, so the broadcasting also would have been kind of linked into that. And this show is about a priest, and they kind of make fun of the priest. They live on this island, and they're kind of all a bit, you know, daft. So, uh, you know, they have all these different hijinks that they get up to and all these silly situations they get themselves into.
But in terms of like comedy, I still think it holds up to this day. You know, very basic set, set in the house. Very little happens outside of the house, but just really funny skits that they do throughout it. So it's based on three priests and the lady that <laughs> helps run the, the house. But um, I, I think I will say check it out on YouTube, Father Ted. So F-R-T-E-D for Father Ted. But it would go along with kind of the faulty towers kind of style of comedy. Um, but I just think that it absolutely holds up. I believe it was only three seasons long. And for this one, I'm saying about it holds up. This aired between 1995 and 1998. Um, the main actor in it, who was a comedian, Dermot Morgan, um, passed away, unfortunately, when he was relatively young, uh, I believe in his 40s. But um, hilarious, hilarious show, 45. I just looked that up as we were talking. But I would highly recommend it. I don't know if it covers on to the US market, but I would check it out. That's what I would be going because. I have watched this show literally when I was younger on repeat over and over again. And every time I would find something small that would be like the actor done this or the actor done that to me. And it would be, you know, there'd be something different funny. So see if it translates, hit me up uh, for people who are listening. And if it, if you have no idea what's happening, I will also understand that as well. Sean, what's your show? Well, I, I mean, we have a very strong leading question here related to Arrested Development. Obviously, that's going to be a fantastic option. I think that perhaps the comedy is going to be what you want here, a show that I've been rewatching for the third time recently, The IT Crowd. Oh, so good. If you like The IT Crowd, I think you're going to check out some Father Ted. We'll definitely do that. The IT Crowd has some of the sort of old school comedy where... It's maybe less realistic. It's a little bit goofier. You have the laugh tracks, all those types of things. But the actual all setup, Father Ted, all of that. Check it out, you as well. Let me know. But uh, yeah, are you are you recording a special now? The the version that you're bringing to your island with you, it also does have the laugh track. No, they have laugh track. Yeah, all like very very similar to the IT crowd. So the IT crowd is set, you know, in their kind of, I guess, basement office area. It's kind of similar to that. They, they then sometimes go up to the higher floors, whereas that's kind of like where they might go outside into another area. But yeah, the IT crowd is, in my opinion, all-time gold. One of the, the best episodes that people want to check it out is uh, the Street Countdown episode, which, I mean, Moss is one of the greatest characters in television history. Also, I believe the actor's name is maybe Matt Berry even. He also plays, I believe, Stephen Toast in the show, Toast of London, which the show itself is actually not that great, but there are these sort of outtakes of the video. That's not really the right terminology, but opening the show where he does voiceover for all these different products, those skits to kind of begin and end the shows are some of the best in all of television history. He's absolutely hilarious, as, as anybody who's watched him on What We Do in the Shadows knows. No, but my my actual show column is going to be another one that i think listeners will be familiar with from some of our other episodes and that would be archer archer and arrested development would be very close quite a bit different type of comedy than what we're talking about there with the it crowd arrested development was really the paradigm shifting show that i think changed television right and it was unfortunate that it sort of came along before streaming it was in a 
a market where it actually struggled with the ratings. They obviously have to reference that from time to time in the show, end up coming back uh, on Netflix later on. Those episodes are maybe in some ways a little bit more controversial, but Arrested Development changed television, paved the way for so much of the great writing that we've had since. Archer for me is a little bit weird because cartoons, even adult cartoons, don't necessarily appeal to me. And yet at the same time, the writing for this and the the voices for this are absolutely extraordinary. Obviously, you've got the same voice as you get for Bob's Burgers, which I know is a, a cult favorite for a lot of people as well. But Archer, one of the things I like for this particular question is that you have 12 seasons. I believe the 13th season is about to come out shortly. It'll take you a while to run through those. I think on first watch, the season sort of in the second half, especially when Archer is in a coma and they're doing all of these stylized types of seasons where he's, you know, back in time as a gumshoe or they're in space or they're inside the human body or, you know, the noir uh, season. You have all of, you have all of the episodes where Barry is a robot or a cyborg. Those are maybe in some ways a little bit more borderline, but the rewatch the second time through those seasons actually jump out as being pretty high quality as well, even if they're a little bit different than the first three, four, five seasons of Archer. One of the things that I was mentioning to a friend recently is that if you look at movies and the all time quotes that people use, whether they put them on shirts or they you know, reference them to their friends, about 65% of the quotes from all of movie history are going to come from the big Lebowski. And then 35% comes from like every other movie combined somewhere, somewhere uh, a little bit deeper into the future. I think we're going to get not to 65% because obviously you have shows like arrested development that are going to hold their own, but Archer, one of those shows, the other thing that I like about it that makes it just compulsively watchable is that they actually have sort of fun little plots, right? You have these action adventure, these spy adventure comedies, a lot of them. And another show that I think is underrated, a show from Hulu called the wrong mans has a little bit of this same dynamic, even though the shows themselves are very, very different, but I like the silly adventure hijinks along with the comedy. And then you also have the social criticism element with Archer where obviously so much of what they're doing is mocking sort of the old school James Bond and all of the weird sort of either veiled, sometimes not veiled, sometimes you know, very in your face misogyny of some of those types of things. There's a subversive element to the way that Archer works, but it actually works for everybody because at the same time that they're doing that, they're also mocking a lot of the liberal reaction to it and doing it in a way where if you don't care about any of that, you won't ever notice or it won't become something that stands in your way of watching the show. Whereas a lot of satires are, are way too on the nose or just simply aren't able to actually parody or to effectively mock the topic that they're kind of getting into. And you're just like, all right, we know, understand you've got this political <laughs> belief on this, but what we're trying to do is watch a television show or watch a movie or what have you. You don't have any of that with Archer. Basically what you have with Archer are quotable lines and hilarious scenes from beginning to end. And again, 
what, 12 seasons, you're out there on your island. You, you're not going to get back to episode one in the first couple of days, that's for sure. So uh, if you're on your desert island, those are two shows. But I think mine, Sean, is extremely niche. I want to hear some thoughts from people after they do get a chance to, to check out a couple of clips because I have a feeling that maybe it doesn't cross over, but I think it's hilarious. If you don't find Father Ted hilarious, check out Archer and also the IT crowd. And uh, it also uh, does work, Sean, if you turn it off and turn it on again. It tends to fix most problems. As, as much of a joke as it is in the show, it, it does work. But that is going to do it for this edition as we head on some travel and some other fun topics as well. But we will be doing some of these over the coming weeks. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you could drop us a written and review on your podcast app. I know a lot of podcast apps don't allow for them, but if you have Apple Podcasts or you know whatever it is, Spotify also allow it now, drop us a written and review. We really would appreciate that. Also, if you want to share the clips on social media, that's also fantastic as well. Help us grow our audience here as we continue to bring more and more shows. We will have our regular NFL fantasy football related content coming your way over the rest of the week. But until we are back with another show, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and you can check out all Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until next time, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.